Welcome to the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. We are so grateful you're here with us today. Let's dive in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Creative Rise Podcast. So glad you are here today. We've got a fun interview going on with a friend of the show. Oh, so A newer good. friend of the show, a friend of Creative Rise named Jamie. He's a TikTok expert, a short-form video wizard. He is the co-founder of a company called Deep Social Brands. They help blow you up on TikTok. I mean, quite frankly, they do. We've seen a ton of what they've been doing with people, and the results are crazy that they're getting people because they so understand the psychology of people and the the analytical side of the algorithm and how those two things go hand in hand. So I know I've had a ton of questions about TikTok. How do you use it properly? You know, a lot of the people that are inside of our masterminds, you know, or the inner circle, they have massive questions about short form video TikTok. And you guys have questions about it as well because it is such a new thing. It's moving at such a fast pace. It's hard to understand how do I stay on top of this, right? How do I make sure that I'm doing this properly? And quite frankly, most of us are doing it completely wrong us included. Right? <laughs> so this is a very great episode because we got to talk about, you know, some some differences between, between Instagram and TikTok, some formulas for creating good short form stuff, a lot of just the mindset around, you know, the stuff you need to know and have in your head when creating short form. So love this episode. We ask all the questions that you're thinking and struggling with when it comes to social short form video with Jamie. And it's an incredible thing. So tune on in. But real quick, before we we jump into the interview, we wanted to give you guys a quick update because the last podcast, we gave you a massive number that this six week our last six week mastermind crew generated cash collected within the six weeks. I think we said it was like 200 and something. It was like 260,000, something like that. It was something, something crazy and yeah. big. And what was so funny is at the very end, that was during the last week. And we had a bunch of people from that round go, wait, I didn't get to ring the bell for a couple things that yeah, I forgot I got about. Got a few more things. So a few more give us, cash. Give us the final number, Christy. The, this is insane. The final number generated during round eight of the creative rise cash mastermind collected. cash collected was 300 hundred and eight thousand dollars nine hundred and eighty four dollars and thirteen cents so three hundred and eight thousand nine hundred and eighty four dollars and thirteen cents during five businesses in six like weeks crazy. cash collected that is an insane amount That's over a quarter of million money. dollars that is massively over a quarter million dollars which is so, so cool. cool so mastermind grads Huge from round eight we're so proud of you guys congrats and without further ado here's our episode with jamie we just thought we'd update you guys on that so here's jamie What's up, Jamie? Welcome to the show, bro. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. I'm really, really excited to talk to you both. I know we've had a few chats recently, so I'm excited to keep the electricity up. I know. It feels like we've had a couple of really good, strong electric chats. We're, um, we're buds now. Most people, yeah. at least in the show, would not know this. However, we actually had Jamie come in and speak to our most recent round of the Mastermind, which just finished, round eight just finished up, wrapped up a couple weeks ago. Uh, but dude, you came in and you dropped some bombs on our mastermind community and we were like dude we got to get this guy on the podcast so timely for this time of era as well i I feel like this podcast is just gonna have so many good things so make sure you like take notes as you're listening to what jamie says because we already know it's great because we've already had this type of conversation with him uh so you guys are in for a treat yeah 100 okay so we start with rapid fire so on our show a couple quick questions right off the bat answer them quickly swiftly right off the bat so first one where are you from I'm originally. I know it's a multi. I'm born in St. John's, Newfoundland, but grew up in Ottawa, Ontario. So I'm a Canadian boy, but I'm currently living in uh, Miami, Florida. Living in the sun. Woo-hoo. We love it. We love it. And what do you? This is a great question. What do you tell other people you do? Uh, I tell people I blow up people on TikTok, and specifically focus on entrepreneurs that have really high ticket luxury services. I love that. Helping p- people blow up on TikTok. That's so good. And then how long have you been in that business for? My first client I ever took on was around October of 2020. Ooh, cool. Love this it. is like a COVID business. There's so many people that have started COVID businesses and have yeah. blown them up, which is so cool. So can't oh, yeah. wait to talk about that. That's a massive percentage of our of our listener base. Mm-hmm. I think it's people who got into owning and operating a creative business through COVID. Shout out. Okay, last question. What is something you absolutely just dropped the ball on or you made a mess of in your business since you started? What's a moment that's going to humanize you just, for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, just audience? to make you a little more we've relatable. All made those, we've all made those mistakes and had those moments. Yes. It, it's funny. So the mic I'm currently recording on, which you recommended me to get, has this tiny little, you can see it right here, this tiny little lightning port. And the thing with the DJI mics is, if you don't have that 100% in, there is no audio. This has happened to me before. I had it 
it must have been 98.6% in. And oh, no. we have a new client. She's in the private jet space. And we were at this really big yacht show last weekend. And I saw was, that. We got some great content, like awesome, awesome couple videos. And I went through just to like test. I pulled my phone out because a lot of the content that we film on is the iPhone. I listened to it. I'm like, oh no. And so instantly in my head, I was like, there's no audio on this. You can't salvage a video with no audio. So I grabbed no. it and I'm like, oh okay. It's like, gosh. hey, can you do a voiceover with us? <laughs> it's like, no, that's not going to work. So I was like, okay, like, let me, let me take a look. Luckily, I caught it early. We had only recorded two videos. So we were fine and we remembered what we said and what we talked about so we could reshoot them. God. But instantly in my head, I was like, okay, like I was totally convinced that this little lightning port was in all the way. So I was like, oh my God, is like my mic done? Because I thought it was fully plugged right. in and I, I didn't have another mic. So I was kind of freaking out. And so then I put it back in and it started working. And I realized I would have been totally screwed if this lightning port stopped working and I had no backup mic. Oh yeah. So always oh bring a backup mic gosh. with you. I was lucky it didn't go bad. Oh. Couple lessons there. That was gear, always gear fails. Gear fails are so, your stomach just drops even thinking about it. I think we all have a new fear. Oh yeah. my gosh, dude. All have a new so fear. So I've been there. We did something, it wasn't for a client, it was for ourselves we were doing right when I got these mics and I was so confused. I thought they were broken. I was like, what the heck? Oh my gosh. I can't imagine that feeling when you're with a client. That's crazy. Okay, cool. So you're at a private jet and a private yacht conference. You know, what the heck? Crazy. How the heck did you get here? You know, because you're from Canada, from a tiny town in Canada. Then you moved to Ottawa, raised in Ottawa. And then all of a sudden you're living in Miami and you've got a photo video background. So you are very relatable to most of the people that listen to the show. But now you've got a, another type of creative business, right? Which is obviously doing all the TikTok stuff, all the short from video stuff, which is brilliant. And that business it looks amazing. So we want to talk about that. But how did you get here? Give us the like two minute version of what got you from... Living in Ottawa, photo and video background, not really that being your full-time thing to now living in Miami and it's more than a full-time thing. 100%. So it, it kind of all started in 2016 when I really started picking up a camera, learning the Adobe Creative Suite and diving fully into the content creator world. And my goal was to be a travel vlogger. So in 2016, I went through Europe. In 2017, I went to New York and Chile. In 2018, I went to Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, Indonesia, and Western Australia. I made vlogs about all these places. I took really cool photos. I learned Lightroom. I learned how to take a raw image and then turn it into this like really beautiful canvas. The next year in 2019, I did my first sponsored trips to uh, Peru, which was totally cost covered. It was like I paid for my flights, but everything while I was down there was for free because I did a content exchange. Then I did the same thing in Croatia. And I went to Portugal and a couple other European countries. And I really thought travel vlogging was going to be the thing. And then I was working three jobs, trying to save up money to travel again. I was a full-time social media manager and videographer at an agency, nine to five. Then in the evenings, I would bus tables as a busboy at a steakhouse. Shout out to the keg. And then I also Yo, had- Yo, shout out to the keg. The keg, all Canadians know. And then I also had a side hustle of doing restaurant photo and video content for local restaurants. And then when the pandemic hit, all three of those jobs were wiped out. So I kind of recognized social media as a great opportunity to grow a brand. And I'd seen some people, and I joked with you last time, that had no business going viral. Like I was like, how No are business. I love no, that quote. No business going viral. I was like, and it, it, the funny thing is, and he'll get a laugh out of this, but I was like, well, my boy RJ had 30,000 followers on TikTok. I was like, how? I was like, how? I was like, I need, I need oh, to be Oh, RJ. And uh, he'll, he'll get a laugh. But So I recognized that TikTok had this wide open field of opportunity, and I wanted to repurpose all my travel content into short form. So I put out, I think it was 92 videos on TikTok within a two and a half month span and nothing worked. I had one break six figure view counts, a couple others get like 5K and my audience just didn't grow until they pivoted to being the local Ottawa travel adventure guy. I like niched down the travel and what I realized, you know, June, 2020, flights were canceled, people locked in their homes. No one could really go on a flight and go to the Philippines or to Bali or to right. Peru. 
So the content that I was making wasn't actionable. You couldn't immediately implement the advice I was giving people and then go improve your life. But the Ottawa content you could. And for that local market, you could watch my video about my hikes and instantly go out and go book a trip with some friends. And so the first video got 150K, the second video got 250, and the third video got 450 and was trending nationally on TikTok, was being shared by Narcity. And by the end of the week, I had 10,000 followers. The end of the summer, after eight weeks, had 30,000. And I really started to understand why my content was doing well, and I could pinpoint which videos were going to perform and which wouldn't. So I, I built the skill of understanding short-form content in the summer of 2020. By fall of 2020, I had my first client approach me. Shout out to Adam Chap. Uh, he's still working with us today. And he's at about 150,000 followers now. And he does gutter cleaning, window cleaning, and all that. And he wanted to grow a brand on TikTok. And we got zero to 10,000 in the first month. Second client signs that week zero to 10,000 the first month. And I realized that in 2020 and three accounts went zero to 10 K within a month. So I kind of had a knack for it. I teamed up with my business partner, Deepak, where 2021 we expanded throughout Ottawa. Some of our Ottawa clients really, really grew their audiences to well over a hundred thousand followers and more. And their fans, their audience started asking them who's doing your content. And then they would make the intro, which got us our first six us clients. And then, those US clients, the same thing kept happening where their fans kept asking about us. And eventually I booked a seven day trip to Los Angeles that I never came back from. And that was in February. <laughs> so I was love in that. February 2nd to 9th was supposed to be the trip. It's now, the date is November 2nd. And <laughs> I'm still in the United States. Crazy. Crazy. What a wild it, ride. Just to put it on, you know, on the pod legally this dude's yes. doing the whole immigration <laughs> yes. thing you know him and i have combos about that. that we can appreciate a good legal immigration situation. i don't know what you even call it a situation yeah and run you're going for it right because that's been so so much of our lives the past couple of years as well yeah. so okay craziness a couple of things that i want to highlight that i love that you said was i love that you don't just start with I got on TikTok and then, you know, stuff wasn't working and I found out how to work. I love what you said. No, I was, I was doing this for years. Like you're not an overnight success. You are, you know, right place, right time with the right skills and the right history of really putting stuff, you know, into practice over years of making travel content. And I think you'd probably agree with this, Jamie, all the stuff that never popped taught you so much about what pops, mm -hmm. correct? Uh, because and but that's also because I always take an analytical approach to my content. If something doesn't pop, I ask why. Then I actually will sit down and stare at the content. I'll watch it on loops, and I was like, "Was it the tonality of my voice? Was it the length of the video? Was it?" I go even so detailed to the color of the text that is chosen, and like, or the course. sound effects yeah. that are used, or the topic at hand or how I communicate or all the little micro details. And now eventually I've found patterns, but I can kind of just look at things and tell people why they're not doing well, because I know so well why my content didn't do well for years. Mm. Yes. And I'm sure that's so encouraging for so many people who are like, okay, I'm getting into short form video. I'm getting my first stab at it. Maybe they were mm -hmm. a photographer or they weren't even in the creative space, but they're trying and they're trying to make it work. And that story of like consistency, but then also innovation when it comes to your content yeah. is so, so important. And I'm excited for you to also give some tips and tricks and secrets that you've seen from your analytical brain to everybody on this podcast to go, hey, maybe what is wrong with your current way you're doing things mm -hmm. or why things aren't popping off or why you're so Socials aren't growing and all that kind of stuff. Talk to us real quick about the difference between Instagram and TikTok. Because I know we keep talking about TikTok. Do you also help people with their Instagram with Reels, or are you more focused on TikTok? And then what's the difference between those two platforms for you? And how should you're, we and approach them? How, how should business owners? Yeah, That's, yeah. yeah, fantastic Great question. question. So I think traditionally Instagram has been an aspirational platform. It's where you go to look at content and you're like, I want that person's life. I want their abs, right. I want their private jet, <laughs> I want their booty, I want that beach view, I want it. Like it's the, Instagram is the place to go like look at and salivate over the things that you do not have in your own life. Some people take that as inspiration, but for many people it creates this toxic sort of environment where they just end up comparing themselves to things that they aren't. And that can be very challenging. TikTok took the approach of 
rewarding you for being relatable. So sometimes even lowering your production value and being more vulnerable and more honest with your community and just sharing your truly unique opinions on things is what's actually going to do well. Now there are parts of TikTok that are very aspirational and there are parts of Instagram that are very relatable. You're starting to kind of see them blend and merge in together. But to me, the difference really is, is that TikTok is the, uh, it's the platform that really matters right now. And Instagram is the platform that is bonus attention. They're really trying their best to kind of copy TikTok's algorithm as best as they can, but they're still figuring some kinks out. A lot of the times the content that pops on TikTok will pop on Reels, but sometimes the reverse happens. The content that pops on Reels may not pop on TikTok. That's why it's so important to, to just like your financial advisor will tell you to diversify your portfolio, you should diversify your content and distribute it across multiple channels. Yeah, that's so good. So I think the question a lot of people are going to be asking, and we've heard your answer to this, and it's phenomenal. We're so glad you're on the pod to talk about it. But you know, a lot of people are going, okay, I hear Jamie saying TikTok, TikTok's so important. I hear Joey and Christy already have been talking about short from video and, and go out and use it for months on the podcast. But how? But how do I do short from video well? And there's probably a lot of people who are sitting here listening to the podcast going, I've done short from video. I've been doing short from video for months. It's not working for me. I'm a wedding photographer. I'm a commercial photographer. I'm a social media manager. And I'm trying to acquire new attention to then convert into new clients through short from video, but it's not really working. What are some of the things that most people do wrong when it comes to short from video? And then what's the fix? Like, what's your potential formula if you can give it to us at a bite size that's going to help somebody create better short from video that's going to lead to more attention? More attention yeah. leads obviously to more sales, more clients, right? 100%. So I think the first thing that I'll talk about is an over reliance on trends. A lot of people think that TikTok and Instagram Reels are trend based platforms. From my personal perspective, over the last six months, you're seeing trends become less and less of a thing. And info, I call it infotainspiration, is the ultimate form of content that translates into business really well. If you can, in your video, inform, entertain, and inspire, then you're gonna do really, really well. So don't just be dependent on trends in like dancing videos and pointing, or like just the text on the screen, or just like lip syncing what other people say. Because I know I buy from people on TikTok. I purchase coaching services all the time for different things. I never will buy from somebody that's just like parroting another audio all the time. Maybe like right. a couple yes, videos. Yes, 100%. But don't be dependent 100%. on that. Yes. That's the first thing. The next thing is replacing how to with how I statements. I got this from Alex Hormozzi mm. and we started implementing it with our clients and it makes the biggest difference in the world. And the reason is, is because unless you are truly to the 0.001% of an outlier in an industry, people feel very uncomfortable when you tell them what to do. So for myself, as somebody who's done well in short form content with many clients, even I don't have the credentials because I don't have 22 million followers to tell people how to grow. But what I can say instead of, I'll give you this example, replace a hook that says, here's how you're going to grow your TikTok over the next hundred days. Guaranteed. I would say, here's how I grew this TikTok account to a hundred thousand followers in a hundred days. And maybe you can learn something from it. Well, you can't. Yeah, wow. You cannot refute my experience, but you can refute my expertise. And there's a big difference. I think a lot of people think that they want to become an instant thought leader. The way to do that is to just share the stories and say how you do something instead of telling others. It comes across as arrogant and it's just a, it's a big, it's a little detail that makes a big difference. And then the third thing, which I t alluded to on the last call with you guys was a lot of people think that you need this beautiful board, like a boardroom discussion or a whiteboard it out or get the Google Docs out and write the strategy and figure it all out in the background. You, you can do that a little bit, but honestly, the, the juice is in the execution. You will figure out what works by ruthlessly executing, analyze what works and what doesn't, pivot and repeat. So as soon as you have something that gets 5,000 views when your average view is 200, Ask yourself why. Look at your hook. Look at the duration of the video. Look at the topic you discussed on. Try to, and then try to make a very similar video 
but just a little bit different and see what happens. The, it's the process of short form. It's a volume game. You're not going to be rewarded by posting once a week. Unfortunately, I wish I could sit here and say that one great post a week will do it, but no, like if, if it's a relatable content that's going to work, you know, like lessen your production value and just get more intimate and, and put that out there consistently and see what works and, and adapt. But give yourself a longer time horizon, like 30 days may not be enough. Give yourself, you know, 200 and, and then see what happens. Because I know if you post every day for 200 days straight, you'll, you'll have several viral videos in there. Mm, gotcha. Okay. So that's so great. I think the follow-up question that I know we had asked you, and I think the audience is probably asking right now is, okay, I hear you, you know, volume, analyzing, you know, uh, don't, don't try and make it super high production value or super high strategy, just start doing it. And then you can analyze from there. But my next question would then be, you know, if I've got all of that, how do I start executing well? Because it's hard, you know, and most people probably, what we hear all the time, people saying, and I'm sure you hear this more than we do. Well, I can't post four times a week because I can't make that, I can't make that much content, right? And, I don't know what to say. And the other or... thing is they get so caught up because they're like, well, I'm not a fitness instructor that can just post workout videos four times a week. Or I'm not a, I'm not a coach who has like value to give people. What should I be posting? And let's contextualize this to the audience if you can a wedding photographer, a wedding photographer, or, you know, somebody who is a brand photographer or a filmmaker that got a video business, how would you contextualize they use TikTok well? And then like, what's an example of maybe a formula they could use to make their videos, or maybe it's a couple different types of videos, right? hundred percent. So one of my goals has always been to make creativity easy. A lot of people think that in order to be creative, you need to just like have this, like you have to microdose or you have to just like have a naturally creative brain or like do all these kind of tricks. But what I've learned is that if you actually generate some frameworks for coming up with the ideas of your videos, you'll be able to pump out a lot more because when you look at, hey, I've got these six or to 10 different topics I can talk about, all I need is one basic idea for each and I've got more than enough content for my week. So here's an example. One that anyone can pull from, whether you're a brand photographer, wedding photographer, or you are a big brand, is your origin story. Your origin story is always really valuable, but the way to look at your origin story is nobody wants to hear the entire thing. They wanna take a glimpse and a moment in your history, in your timeline, that taught you a lesson that you still use today. So, for example, Joey can talk about how when I was 14 years old and I started my business, I had no idea what I was doing until I made this tweak and made six figures at 16. And so you could then go and be like, for 14 years old, I was scrambling and doing all these random shoots. I didn't know how to price myself. And then all of a sudden, I did monthly retainers with these clients. And then boom, I had three clients paying me $3,000 a month and I was over six figures. I just made that up. But that's a moment in time. You're not telling the entire story. I don't know what's happened in your last six years, but you're looking at a moment in time and the lesson that it taught you. And you're sharing that vulnerably with people. Another is actionable advice. So what I was talking about earlier with the Ottawa content that I was making, I would tell them exactly where to go, exactly what time is sunset, exactly, you know, like the unique things that they can do there, like picnics or um, little details like that. And they would have all the things that they knew that they could do, when to go and who to go with, and they could immediately go on that adventure. They could immediately implement the advice. Always ask yourself, is the advice that I'm giving immediately actionable? Because that will always perform really, really well. So Yeah, yeah. so good. Those are like two little things hey, right there that help you just come up with a bit more ideas. Yeah. Yeah, and I, what I love about that is you made both of those types of content not about the content creator, but about the consumer, right? It's here, you know, here's one thing that I did that, that I didn't know everything, but it helped me do this and helped me lead to this. And I'm sharing it with you. And here's how you could do the same thing yeah. versus the actionable one. You said, here's something that I just did that you could do as well. Here's all the data you need in order to go succeed at it. Right. Even if it's just a hike. So mm -hmm. contextualize this to wedding photographers, that would be like, here's style guides for this type of shoot. And here's kind of what's in right now. If you can find this, this, and this in your closet, pair it together, that'd be yeah. great for this type of shoot. And here, make sure you follow my next video. I'm going to give away a couple different locations. I love to shoot people in, you know, boom, 
Yeah. You're not only now educating your client. Yeah, exactly. You're not only educating your client, which is all marketing is, right? Educating them to get their attention and then calling them to some kind of action. But you're not only just educating them, you're like also establishing yourself as a really good voice when they think about, okay, now we got to go get a family photo shoot or we got to book somebody for our wedding. Well, why don't we book this girl? I've been following her online. She's given great tips on our wedding planning, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, like this is a common wedding mistake that I see so many couples make that ruins the quality of their photos. Boom, Mm. just make a quick little video about that and it's like, you know, the, yeah. the groom doesn't know what to do with his hands. And you just show some examples of what awkward hands That's look so like, real. You know? <laughs> so real. <laughs> and then you just show like five or six examples of awkward groom hands. And if you want to be, you know, private about it, just chop their heads off. Like, don't, like, just show the like, neck down. Yes. And, and then, yeah, yes. of course. The, the, it shouldn't look like this. It should look like, like this. Or just whatever it is. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so I love that. Now, these are great ideas. If someone's like, okay, I'm so ready. I've got all these creative ideas. How do I actually film this? Like, what do I say? Is there a structure I can use? And I know you have an awesome formula. So do you want to, can you give that formula to us right now for all of these listeners? Because they might be like brimming with ideas, but then they're like, once they actually get in front of the camera, they freeze because they don't mm, know what to say. So good. A hundred percent. I'm so glad you, you asked this. So the formula that we use many times is obviously you start with your hook, but within your hook, I am obsessed with, and the reason I'm obsessed with is because I have the data to back up that this works is numbers. You need to add numbers into your services or into your hooks. So if you were using the wedding photographer example, the hook could sound something like this. This is the difference between a $1,000 and a $5,000 wedding photographer. And then what you do is like, the next part is you qualify your own expertise. And I know, Christy, you, you were mentioning that a couple times that you really liked that on the last call. So the next step would so be... Good. It's so good. And this is coming from a wedding photographer who's done over 470 weddings, and I charge $6,000 per shoot. So now it's like, oh, okay, so now I know what you're talking about and why, as well as what gives you the authority to talk about this subject. Because if yeah. you don't yeah. qualify, Why I should care. Listen... If you don't qualify, frankly, I don't believe you. I'm like, you're probably a $2,200 wedding photographer that's trying to get 5K deals. Like that's subconsciously, that's what I might believe. So then you go into and you can kind of compare. Comparison videos do really, really well. And you could say, here, we look, you see the first thing is, is their communication skills. A $1,000 photographer is not checking up on you. They're not sending you an exact timeline of your day. They're not doing these, these, these. But a $5,000 photographer is giving you a checklist. They're giving you a shot list. They're giving you exact timelines of where they're going to be and what they're going to do. And they make you feel comfortable while being invisible. Like that to me. And then you compare the photo quality. This was shot on a basic Canon with a nifty 50. And this was shot while I'm at the very back away from everybody and got this beautiful moment. Like now you've qualified your expertise. You gave them a comparison of what like your competitors might look like. And the last thing is a call to action. So your call to action, I'd usually never recommend. And this actually goes against what a lot of people think to get people off of the app. A lot of people think you want them to DM like DM you on Instagram if it's on TikTok or go click the link in my bio. That might have worked a year ago, but these apps want you to stay on the platform and they will in fact reward you for in-app engagement. So what I usually would say is I want to I want to share more about how to be the best wedding videographer on the planet. So ask your questions below. So now you're giving people a reason to comment that has their best interest in mind. Or you could say something along the lines of, I'm teaching more and more wedding photographers how to not suck. So if that's going to be you, you better follow for more. So now you gave them a reason that is actually within their best interest to either comment or follow on your video, which is really, really important because you never want to be selfish in your content. Everything needs to be about my audience, my community, and who I'm serving. Gotcha. So... That's a that's an, a great example. And you spun that at the end towards kind of like I'm teaching wedding photographers. So it'd be like a wedding photographer that's just trying to connect with more wedding photographers. How would you spin that formula if it was going towards trying to just 
acquire people sale. that are going to be wanting to get married and, and book them, right? Awesome. How would that change? So instead of just educating wedding photographers, you educate brides and grooms. So I'm going to share more of the biggest mistakes that grooms are making on their wedding day. So follow so you don't miss out. So you speak yeah. their mm-hmm. language. So ladies, yeah. I don't want speak your man fears. making yeah. these mistakes. Please ask me your work concerns below so I can help you out further. Like, yes. yeah, that's good. Really, really make yeah. it. And in- then the comments are going to be, yeah, yeah they're going to be like, like, oh, I'm worried my husband won't know how to pose on the wedding day and it's going to look so awkward. Yeah. And then you can do a video on that, you know, and then. What yeah, should cool, I do cool. if my husband. Okay. So like at what spy. point. Boom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So at what point then, Jamie, would you try and initiate some kind of a relationship that's closer to a sale? Like at what point do you try and pull them off of the platform, get them to inquire on your website or DM you on Instagram and go through your inquire process there? Like at what point would you do that? And then how? Yeah. So I usually recommend have at least, you know, 15,000 followers before you really start trying to go hard on like driving DM engagements or those sort of things because until that point you don't really have a community and because of that you need to be very very careful because you have a fragile audience nobody wants to feel like they're being sold to especially when they're on these short form content platforms it makes sense when you have a larger community and you have larger demand to eventually start serving that but really just focus on helping people And then they, more often than not, the inbound leads will come. They will hit you up on Instagram because if you have your Instagram link to your TikTok, it makes it very easy for you to reach out to. You can have just a very simple email me to inquire below and then have your email like linked. That just makes it easy for the inbound to occur. Your goal for the first 15, 20, 50,000 followers should just be, I need inbound leads because I need the community to trust me. As soon as you start getting too aggressive on the sales, it comes across as desperate. Oh, you're only making content so that you can make money and get bookings. You need to be positioning yourself as I make content so I can help other people so that I can fix your problem. Not that so I can make cash. And that's, I think, a mistake a lot of people make at the beginning is they don't focus enough on building that community. They're just trying to crush the sales. And there's so many ways that once you build that community, the sales become really, really easy. So good. So this is where my brain goes next. And I wonder if it's where the listeners' brains are going next. One of the things I realized that is very different about TikTok than Instagram, and Instagram is becoming more and more like this, however, daily, it seems like. But your follower count on TikTok, although it matters, it doesn't guarantee anything. You know, where if you've got 100,000 followers on Instagram, let's call it five years ago, you were getting massive amounts of engagement, right? And you built that audience and it was an incredible engaging foundation for every time you posted. TikTok is different. Someone could have 100,000 followers and their video you know, might only get 800 views. Like it just doesn't, no one sees it, right? And so to me, that says that TikTok is a platform that you can acquire a community and you can build an audience, but at the same time, it's not as easy to like directly reach that audience potentially as it is to maybe reach a new broader audience. Is that true? Yes and no. Uh, There's actually a metric that I track pretty specific to this question and I call it base view count, like BVC. And so what what that is, is if I look at, at somebody's profile, I can see of their last say 15 to 20 videos, Okay, what's the average amount of views that this person gets or the inverse, which I think is a more accurate way? What is the lowest view count that this person is getting? Because that gives you an understanding as the health of the account and the community that they have building. So I have some clients, one of them has about 70,000 followers, but he's averaging like 12,000 views per video, which is fantastic in terms of engagement. I have some clients that have 250,000 followers, but might average six to 8,000 views. So that just tells me that they went viral once, got a big influx of followers at one moment, but people aren't necessarily sticking around time and time again. And so that's why series-based content is amazing. You can make a consistent storyline. My friend Sahail, who I recommend you guys watch, S-O-H, E-I-L dot V-A-R, I think has the best storyline on TikTok where he spent two years every single day documenting his journey of signing a pro soccer contract. 
and he would show his training sessions, he would show all the highs and all the lows, and he signed it last month in Dubai. And he got over like 2 million views, I think it was like a million likes, and people just like kept following the journey. Every video that he posts, even though he has 500,000 followers, is getting like a quarter million views. Like that 50% ratio is off the charts. So you need to understand that your follower count might be inflated from a couple viral videos. But if you make a series or if you're talking about subjects that nobody else talks about, that one client I was mentioning is a yacht broker. There's not a whole lot of yacht brokers on, on TikTok. So he's kind of like that one unique place to go to for that access to information. The more crowded the space, the harder it is to get those consistent view counts higher. So niche down a little bit further, just differentiate. If you can't niche down, create a series that's ongoing that you can share your journey. Cool. Yeah, gotcha. So interesting, man. Yeah. It's so interesting how it's so different, but the same at the same time, right? It's such an interesting mix of uh, of of new ideology on the platform. So totally. I asked that question because I, I think a lot of people, including myself, you know, wonder when I'm making content, should I be making content? And we'll wrap up with with this. Should I be making content where I'm aiming to go viral or should I be making content where I'm more aiming just to build my like, you know, foundational follower base and give them value? You know, what's your answer to that? Yeah, so it all comes down to volume. If your intention is to post a video every single day, then you're in theory should be doing both. It's like I said, it's not a boardroom strategy. It's okay, let me try and just go as wide market as possible on this video. What happens? Oh my God, it popped. Let me do that again. Oh my God, it flopped. I'm not going to do that again. Let me get more specific with my advice. Post all these different kinds. Try to go ultra super, super niche and also super, super wide and see what your market is adapting to the best. The only strategy that will ever matter on social media for today into the rest of time is make and then create, post, analyze, repeat repeat yeah. yeah. and yeah. then that's really like i know it may not be the sexy answer that everybody wants probably to that question people at home might want oh like i would have loved to have heard him say make viral content and make really niche content make both yeah, yeah. you need 100%. to be trying both and you need to figure out what your market and your audience really cares for from you because it's a mm. little bit different from everybody mm -hmm. so cool yeah i i got one more that just came to me tiktok is so interesting because it's so SEO based, right? And I even heard somebody say, they went along the lines of, I'm going to go as bold to say that TikTok is aiming to take down Google, but from a video yep. perspective, which is Huge. to yep. even comprehend how game changing that is yeah. to think that we are in the beginning first three, four, five years of a platform that could potentially be the size of a Google, mm -hmm. you know, in 10, 15 years from now. And we have the opportunity to capitalize on any topic we want is incredible, right? So SEO is super important for creative businesses, as you know, right? Uh, specifically like wedding photographers, you know, people that do have some more lower ticket items, you know, you're Googling like family photographer near me, you know, or local wedding photographer, like just stuff like that. Where's the opportunity with all the SEO stuff on TikTok? And maybe we'll wrap, we'll really wrap up with this one. And what's, you know, what's maybe one or two things that you think people could be doing now that's going to hopefully give them some quick results on potentially getting some leads, but even long-term, it's going to build a really good foundation for them being known as a potential authority in that space when someone searches that on TikTok. Yeah. So I'm going to give you some hashtag tips right now because hashtags to me, are one of my favorite, favorite things in the world on TikTok, especially. So there's a couple ways that you can go about them. If you want to rank on a hashtag and be one of the top videos, so that every time somebody looks up hashtag creative rise, they see Joey and Christy. The way to do that is to make sure that you're using hashtags that have very, very low view counts. When you search, you go to a TikTok and you search and then you click on hashtags, you can actually see the view count across all of the videos that are accumulatively added up and you could kind of address the market size there. So if you're like less than 10,000, you know barely anyone is using this hashtag. So it's gonna be really, really easy for you to rank on that. So if you're doing Ontario wedding photographer, you're probably gonna have a very easy time ranking on that hashtag. Wedding photographer is going to be a bit more competitive. But 
But here's the thing. When you use hashtags in your content, it allows the algorithm in the For You page to understand what audience should I put this content in front of. So the two types of hashtags that I recommend people really be using is one, something that you can own and you can dominate and you're just gonna have very few competitors again so that you build it up over time and you make it a relevant hashtag with your own content. So every time somebody looks that up, it could be ultra niche, like the city that you're in and the service you provide. That's one way, it could be the name of your business, do both. So that's one way. But you also wanna be using interest-based hashtags based on the content that you are creating. So for example, one of our first case studies trains NHL athletes. He trains players that are going to the NHL prospects and a bunch of guys in the NHL. He's their personal trainer in the off season. Shout out to my man, Tony Greco. So with Tony, when we started his account, we realized the hashtag hockey trainer had no views. You look at it today, I think it has over 15 million. Wow. And it's all his videos. Crazy. And it's all him. So the beautiful part about this for business owners is when you own a hashtag, you start it from scratch, you populate it, use it consistently, use that. When you run ads on TikTok, you can target the hashtag itself. And so now you know that every single person that you are putting in front of has already watched your content. They already know who you are and they're a primed audience that's ready to purchase. It's a retargeting tool. So that's a great little tip there. Cool. It's a great targeting tool on the paid ad side. But then we also use hockey players, NHL athletes. Like, well, if we're using Claude Giroux in a video, we'll put Ottawa Senators or Philadelphia Flyers. And we'll target the groups of people that we know would be interested in that content regardless. We do minor hockey, junior hockey, all these similar hashtags because we know that that's the audience we want seeing it. And we're not necessarily trying to rank on those hashtags. We're trying to leverage those ones so the algorithm reads those and it knows that anyone that is engaged with those hashtags previously would be great to test this video on in front of immediately. And that's how you can get that sniper approach with your videos and really start targeting people almost like you would in a paid ad sense, but with organic is using the right hashtags for, for your audience. Cool. That's a little bit of roundabout yeah. answer, but that some tactics. No, that's beautiful. It's so cool how you know, we have the opportunity every single time each and every single one of us post. If you're listening to the show, you have the opportunity every time you post to go really, really, really niche and own and dominate, you know, a, a hashtag like Jamie's saying. But this same post, you can also hashtag another hashtag that's massively broad. You'll never dominate it. Or maybe you might. But you're going to hopefully tell TikTok, hey, that's who I want to see my video. And they're going to start showing people who already interact and engage with that hashtag, your work, your content, which is incredible. Yeah, that is like, that's what's so yeah. brilliant about the algorithm. one thing I want to add to that though. There's one thing I need to add to that. Don't use hashtags like viral or for you or FYP. Because yes. now you're targeting yes. those. When you use the most, like when you have tens of billions of views, it's like, okay, the entire world you're targeting. That's nobody. Take your industry and find the bigger hashtags in your industry. I, I usually say anywhere from like 1 million to like less than a billion is a beautiful, beautiful sweet spot to target a big enough group of like market. Brilliant. Good Amazing advice. I love that. Hashtags are so funny because they went so out. They were massive on Instagram and then they went so out of style and then they're I like, they're I back. I never stopped using them. You know, they're back with <laughs> TikTok. They're like, you know, it's like the, whatever it's called, the QR code of COVID. They're like the QR code of COVID, but on yeah. TikTok, it's like the hashtags are back, baby. So dude, this has been phenomenal. Yeah. This has been so good. Awesome. Any last tips you want to give anybody? Anything that you're like, ooh, yes, this is like so good for people to want to know, to learn and grow on TikTok. Any final tip? Yeah, I think more often than not, when I work with new clients or people come to me for advice, there is a sense of general anxiety and nervousness about putting themselves out there. They might be really confident in the knowledge that they have and the services that they do or their expertise in their field. But filming content and posting it out into the real world is very similar to getting on stage and presenting yourself publicly. And stage fright is extremely common. And one of the things that I tell people is, if you are intelligent enough to have a single client, you're intelligent enough to have a thousand followers or more or 10,000, right? Because if some, if one person is willing to trust you with 
giving you their money that they worked really, really hard for, for whatever it is that you do professionally, then I'm, I guarantee tens of thousands, millions, hundreds of thousands of people are willing to listen to you, share your journey and share your expertise. And the more willingness that you have to be vulnerable in your content and to share the advice that is so valuable that you think it should be paid for, if you're willing to do that, you will be successful. And if you do that over a long enough time, there's literally like, you don't need me. You just need to execute. You just need to go out and do like, I don't care if you work with me or anyone else, just put yourself out there, be vulnerable, understand that criticism and hatred may come your way, but you are a strong enough person to handle that. And that's only a reflection of the other people who just have so much insecurity that they need to bring you down to their level. That gets in so many people's ways and they never start. I saw Hormozzi say recently, and I love, love, love this quote. And he said that it takes 20 hours to really get the hang of a new skill. But most people wait a lifetime to start mm. that first hour. Wow. Yeah, so good. Don't wait a lifetime That's on so good. Just start. Love it. it. So, so good. Okay, Jamie, where can people find you? They're yeah. like, I'm obsessed with this connect? guy. Where can I find him? Yeah, so my username on both TikTok and Instagram is James. L-I-F-E-E. It's not Jamie because everyone spells Jamie incorrect. It's not I-E, it's E-Y. So I do that for search engine optimization purposes. And then uh, my website for my company is deepsocialbrands.com where if you want to work with us or check us out, you can just go deep social super cool and then this is the the final question we ask on the show every single guest that comes on we ask the same question and i i i think we're gonna get a great answer here because of who you are and what you've been through and what you've built but why should somebody care enough about themselves and their own creative journey enough to break the creative struggle like why why does it matter enough like for the person who's sitting back going i I feel like i i feel like i've like only 40% 40% committed to trying to do this thing full time. From your perspective, why should they give it 110% and actually try and break the creative struggle in their lives? So I can tell you from personal experience that the commitment to the creative economy has drastically improved my life life for the better. I'm able to build a business which employs enough people. You know, I put I literally get to have the pride to say that I help put food on other people's tables. I got to move to one of my dream cities of Miami. I get to be on podcasts like this where I get to have conversations that wake me up and make me feel alive. I get to work every single day learning from different industries and people, which just makes me an overall better person. Because I've created and because I've committed to this, financially, I am a better man. I take some of those finances, I invest that into my health with boxing and personal training. I am now a healthier man as well. I get to live in Miami year-round, which has year-round sunshine. I'm meeting incredible people that inspire me. And I'm making an even like an entirely new group of friends that I could bring into my old group of friends. And all aspects of my life, from my health, my wealth, my happiness, and my relationships have improved because in one form or another, I create a lot. And so take that leap because when you leverage the creator economy, whether that's you want to be the brand and get the brand deals and do all those things, or you want to help other people build them, it doesn't matter. There's so many ways that you can go about it to create location independence, to create really, really high incomes that are much greater than what college and university level entry level jobs create. It allows you to, you know, be your most creative and truly authentic self. And to me, I can't replace that with anything else in the world. I'd be genuinely lying to myself and being disingenuous and inauthentic if I lived my my life differently. So uh, that's just my two cents. Being a full-time creator is one of the greatest blessings in the world. And if you want any uh, questions answered or any help with that, I'm always open. In Love the that, DMs man. Well, well earned. I've watched you earn it, which is yeah. which is so cool to, to see happen. So well earned, man. Thanks for being on the show. Super Thanks for giving us yeah. all the bombs on TikTok, short from video, everything. So cool. And I, I can't wait for people to, to listen to this and just get so much value from you. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Thanks for Thanks being, being here, Jamie. Okay. That was an awesome interview. We love Jamie. We love the content he gives. We love... Mm 
all that he's doing and how he's actually inspiring people to really go after the consistency of posting on TikTok and actually growing your business through TikTok, through the ups and the downs, which I think he's shown if you're consistent and you're innovative, you will succeed. So take those notes, take those things and actually start implementing you guys. Um, If you want to follow Jamie again, his Instagram and TikTok handle is at James Life. Life has two E's on the end of it. So hit him up there. Feel free to DM him. He will actually respond, which is awesome. Such a nice guy. I love that episode because it was like so much value, but he's not just like analytically competent and like, you know, systemized and like he's a great communicator as well, which is so fun. So So hope you got so much from that episode. I'm sure you kind of got the notion that I was just like asking follow-up questions of things I wanted to learn. (laughs) So uh, I'm glad glad we got the opportunity to do that and share that with you, which is so cool. So guys use it. Like Jamie said in the, in, you know, in the podcast, good advice is not great advice unless it's actionable. He gives you so much actionable yes. advice. Oh my god! Go do something about it. Go start creating short form video stuff. Do really leverage attention for your business. Create more sales. You know, we are huge fans of that at Creative Rise. Mm-hmm. Today was just another great episode of, yeah. great example of an episode that helps you break the creative struggle in such a practical way. And I cannot wait to see what you're going to go do with it. Yeah. And if you're like, man, I just feel encouraged hearing from other creatives, how they're doing things, the highs and the lows. And maybe you heard us talking in the beginning about our Creative Rise six-week mastermind uh, that we do two times a year. Our next one is coming. If you're looking for a community of creatives to be a part of, to grow together, to bounce ideas off of each other, this is the the place for you. Place, space, (laughs) at the pace pace. you need. (laughs) You were onto something I was really onto something there. If you are at all interested in what that would look like for you and the growth you could get from your business, you can join the wait list. Uh, we, our next one is launching in quarter one of 2023. So it's coming Woo-hoo, up right after the holidays, up. which is super exciting. It's going to so, come a lot faster than we oh, probably yeah. all think. Well, the wait it list, does. Yeah, the wait list is already pumping. We've got lots of people joining uh, every single day. So we, if you want in and you want to be the first to know about that, all you have to do is go to our link in bio or you can go to creativerise.com. You'll find all the buttons there to be able to join the wait list. It's totally free to join mm. the wait list. Round nine. Round it's gonna be crazy. Nine. Round nine. This will be like two hundred and probably two hundred and almost two hundred and fifty. This will put us over two hundred and fifty people, I think, that have gone through the Creative Rise Mastermind in three years so to cool. learn how to build a phenomenal foundation for their business, so they can get to six figures quicker. And if you already had six figures, you can blow past six figures and sustain it, right? Which is the whole thing. Well, not also burning it at the same time. So exactly. we cannot wait for Creative Rise. Uh, I was gonna say we cannot wait for round nine of the Creative Rise Mastermind. Fun, but we're just fumbling. <laughs> We're so blown away by that interview still. We're we just, just yeah, we can't words. even talk. We're so excited about the next round of the Creative Rise Mastermind and uh, we know a lot of you guys are too. So again, the fastest way to get access to that is by the waitlist because we always have way more people apply than we have spots and so the waitlist gets first access to apply. Plus, you get 100 bucks off and you also get a couple extra bonus courses of like 12 to $1,400 in value, which is really important because that stuff's also really valuable. So go to creativerise.com and if you have any questions about anything else creative business related, please let us know. We'd love to make podcasts on them. And here's something new. If you've got a question, send it to us via video and or voice memo on Instagram. I'm going to screen record it and we'll put you in the podcast and we'll answer it. Oh, I like that. I just that. came up with that right now. Let's We're gonna do, do that. it. Let's do that. So if you've got a question for us, creative business related, literally ask it. The whole reason this podcast exists is to help you break the creative struggle, help you build a world where you succeed while doing what you love with your business. And so if you've got a question that will help you, if you can get past that question, it's going to help you get there faster. Let us know. We'd love to make an episode on it. And thank you for being here. Give us a five-star rating and a written review if you love the episode. And last but not least, make sure you go follow Jack and uh, yeah, keep up with what he's doing because he is awesome. Cool. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you, see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were so happy to have you here. And do not forget to jump onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating and write a written review. That would mean the world to us. And we'll catch you next time on the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. Peace.